Above Love? Yeah. Okay. That's Mommy and Daddy's podcast? Uh, yeah. Okay. We love you. We love you. You love me too? Okay. Stop kissing. Stop kissing. All right. How y'all doing, man? It's uh, another episode of uh, Above Love. This is, what, the third episode? Um, I'm your boy, Cody. And I'm Jasmine. Okay, and um, we're back with another episode. Um, I feel like we've been doing pretty good. I got uh, some feedback from a couple of people. Uh, What they've been telling me is they really love the podcast. Uh, They love our chemistry, you know, things of that nature. Uh, They've been telling me that they feel like I'm uh, the standout uh, person on the podcast. So they feel like I should go solo. And, you know, I'm telling them, I was like, hey, you know, it's a husband and wife thing. So I can't really drop the wife because then it just be your husband. cut the crap. No, I'm just saying that's that's what I've been hearing. And so I was like, you know, Mm. I'm, I'm I'm vouching for my wife. My wife is all right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, her views may be skewed on certain subjects. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They might be um, more feminine than what we would want, you know, as, uh, as as males, as men. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I, I think... Um, Cody, let me cut you off right now. Why don't you tell um, the people the truth? Because all I've been hearing is um, lie after lie. Okay. Can you, can you tell people that you were in your feelings after hearing some feedback? It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, it's okay. I didn't this, know you. This is a place, like your like your dad said about the family group chat. This is a place where you could be honest and real. Okay. Um, if I'm being honest, I have my partner JC holler at me and said Jasmine was the 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 star of the podcast, and it rubbed me the wrong way. Is is that what is that what you wanted me to get off my chest? Yep. And it's and it's funny because that's gonna be something that we're gonna talk about today. <laughs> mm, whatever, I really, um, I really enjoy having this time to be able to talk, chop it up. Um, don't necessarily agree with the opinion of certain fa- the opinions of certain fans, uh, JC. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll keep it going, man. Um, I appreciate everybody that's uh, starting to listen to us, that's been listening to us. Uh, I definitely appreciate that. It's uh, keeping us to keep the momentum going. And so, you know, every time JR goes to sleep, you know, we're thinking, okay, we possibly could do a podcast, you know, at this time. So, yeah, definitely appreciate that. Um, how was your week, Jazz? I'm pretty hectic. As you know, my uh, work life is really, really busy. I've been putting in a lot of um overtime hours that I really wish that I could be home instead of being at work but you know other than that I'm just trying to get things wrapped up because you know we're planning a trip next week so it's just been really stressful yeah that's what happens whenever you're actually in a position to where you're you know uh, one of the movers and shakers um and you definitely are and you you balance it pretty well for the most part except for when I think I need more attention um, you know, but I, I well, I appreciate the I appreciate the former, not the latter. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. We're gonna um we're gonna move into our first topic, which um it'll be uh I guess setting the right foundation is something that you um wanted to discuss. 
Yes. Um, I wanted to talk about, you know, when you first start a relationship, um, setting the right foundation. And I feel like there are stages in a relationship. And I mean, and of course, Cody, this is Cody's first time actually hearing my um, suggestions. So just bear with us. It might be a, a, I don't know, a tug of war, but I feel like in a relationship, there are, there are stages. So the first stage is the friendship stage. And then the next stage is the couple stage. And then there's the engagement stage and then the married stage. And then after that, of course, that's the staying married. But that's not a stage. That's more like, you know, um, more of the continuum of the relationship. Um, so for the friendship stage, I was saying it's best to um, to set the right foundation you know, I feel like couples or people in general, but when we get in relationships, sometimes we go nose, we dive in nose deep. You know, we don't take the time to necessarily get to know someone before we take the next step. We go straight on in there. And I believe that it's very important to take baby steps when getting to know someone. You have anything to add to that, Cody? Uh, yes, a whole lot. Uh, for one, if if your baby steps are are so small that we can't even acknowledge them as steps, um, it's not going to lead to progression. It might lead to cancellation. You might get cut out. Oh, you ain't you know you ain't worthy of being in a relationship with me because your steps are so small. They're minute. Like they're, it's not even any progression. You know what I'm saying? Like people can view it as that, and I would definitely view, you know, uh, quote unquote baby steps, depending on what it is as you not well i mean i guess you i guess you like you're like you're reminding me of jr like you're taking this extremely literal what i mean what i mean by baby steps not necessarily moving at snail pace that we're okay we're friends for seven years and then we get become a couple and then we you know we take another 10 years to get engaged i'm not talking about that but i'm just saying when you actually get within a a, a span of one to two three years you know kind of having have been able to identify those stages a lot of people can't identify those stages in their relationship because as soon as they met each other oh we're a couple okay we got engaged and then next thing you know we're married people a lot of people can't identify those different stages in their relationship because they went in straight in um yeah I, i can agree with that part of it i'm just also looking at the other side of the coin um baby stages uh they're not necessarily uh gender bias uh per se um i don't think that a woman's baby stages will be synonymous with a man's baby stage like it it, baby steps i'm sorry i don't see those being able to be equal i don't feel like they're equivalent well if you well if you keep in the in the the important part of this is communication if you and um if you set the right communication then you guys will be moving together you would think you know for example our for example our relationship when we first when we first decided to you know when you took me out it wasn't like after we went out it was like oh we're a couple no you know we yes so we communicated you said that you weren't ready to be in a serious relationship yet it's like okay i understand that and we took the baby steps we became friends we we got to know each other you know you got to know i got to know a lot of your family before we even like said, Hey, no, we're officially you, a couple. Okay. Let me cut you off. You knew the family whenever we were in a relationship. 
you didn't know the family prior to us being in a relationship. We already had it known that we were in a relationship when you met my family. I'm talking about I talking about grandma and I met your mom before. Wow, we, we were we said we, no, you didn't before we before we made it. Official. No, you didn't. No, you maybe okay. maybe in your eyes, but in my eyes, we were official. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it wasn't baby steps at that point. If I introduced you to my mom, like my mom has been introduced to a lot of women that I maybe have talked to, and you know how mom is. Mom, real cool. You know what I'm saying. Mom, mom gonna vibe with whoever. Uh, Cody, wh- think about this. When did we make it official? We made it official November twelfth, right? Yes, and we were talking since what? Um, August. So I met your mom. I met your mom during Four Valley's homecoming. When is Four Valley's homecoming? In November. Oh, October. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. All right. You got that. You got that. But so that was off a of default. How you met her? Then okay. 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 All right. All right. But back to what I was saying before I was rudely interrupted. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Ooh. All right. I'm just. I'm just saying there. There are stages to a relationship and and it's about opening lines of communication because it's important to not meet somebody and then next thing you know the next week you guys are serious before you really even know whether or not you want to be a couple right don't you think that's important to have that friendship stage to get to know each other I mean I'm not saying there's a set time for that that depends on each individual yeah I I agree with that you definitely need to have a friendship stage because you need to find out the type of person that you're dealing with uh, you need to find out whether or not y'all are compatible. Um, and ju- just, you know, from your perspective, you know, you might figure out, you know, later on down the line that, yes, y'all are compatible. But initially you brush them off for whatever reason. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. I agree. And then within that friendship stage, you can address anything um, that, you know, your expectations, you know, for, okay, we become official this is what I expect if we become official. And then you guys can dis- discuss those things. And if that person is not in line with what your expectations are, you know that, hey, maybe going to the couple stage may not be a good idea or maybe we need to remain friends for X amount of time until this person is actually ready. You know, you kind of judge that or maybe I just need to move on, it's, you know, and just keep it friends. We're, we're kind of talking about um, a level of relationships that are, um, I guess, uh, more mature we're talking about adult relationships, right? Because that is not how any of my relationships went down prior prior to you, you know, prior to anything. Like, I never really had that type of organization as far as a relationship prior to you. Right. And for you to bring up that point, I remember, because same here with me, I remember when I used to come in after all my classes, Oprah would be on. And I was watching um, when Ayala Vincent was on one of her episodes and she was saying, you know, these young kids, you know, they're just in relationships. They don't even know. um, They don't have any standards. They don't set standards. They don't really talk to each other. They don't even know if they're going to, you know, they have no plan. They're just in it. They're they're just chilling. And it was like, she's right. Like, that's what we do. No, no one has taught anybody or maybe, you know, a lot of people, haven't been taught, you know, the best way to go about a relationship. You just kind of meet somebody and you're just hanging out. You know, the girl can think that they're in a serious relationship while the guy can think they're just chilling, you know, and then the guy may be talking to someone else and, you know, you go back and forth because everybody has a different perspective of what this relationship means because there's no communication. And that right there is the reason why I say this. You can't teach 
um, how to be in a relationship. That can't be taught. That that should be organic. That's natural. It's um, it should come organic. It should it should come just no, natural. I mean, you, to should, you can't. Of course, you can't teach. But just like um, being in, being married, there's classes that you can go to. There's groups that you can be a part of. Just and we didn't do none of those. We didn't understand. do any. We didn't do any of those. But after we got married, we did. Kind of, yeah. But I'm saying, like, prior to it, we're talking about the, um, setting the foundation, right? Setting the right foundation. This is prior yeah, to marriage. And, and, this, and this podcast is about trying to um, change the way some people think, right? In order to educate from our past think mistakes that we've made, right? This is what this podcast is about. So it's not me condemning anybody for not thinking well, okay. this way but this is just introducing a new way of thinking okay i'm glad you said that right 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 i, I agree I, I agree wholeheartedly i'm just saying i was just relating back to the topic like setting the um, right foundation you know what i'm saying like that you know we, we didn't do that um and we we learned that you know after we got married we needed uh extra um things to actually bring us closer together and understand each other we did need we, we needed that and we had been together prior to that what three years prior and we knew each other but at the same time it was more it was more to you than what i had gained from you within the first three years and the same thing with you it was more to me i I imagine right so a lot more especially when we got married we moved in because we made the decision not to move in together until we got married and we didn't move in well you with each other until like four years you made you, you made that decision i didn't you know, I I wasn't necessarily on that because um I even applied for grad school whenever you uh, got in uh, UT. I, I applied for grad school and I plan on us living together. So I mean, I know last uh, podcast you were telling the listeners that you know you had made it, you know, pretty uh, clear that you didn't want to live with me prior to being married. I didn't know that. You know, I didn't I didn't know you, that was pretty much something that you did within yourself. Uh, you didn't really vocalize that to me because I like I said I planned on trying to get into grad school out there at uh, UT. And um, yeah, I thought we were going to live together and everything. But of course, I didn't get into that that, pro- that particular program. I did, make, I did make it known to you. Well, maybe I just overlooked it because it just uh, was minute in my grand scheme of uh, my vision <laughs> on where I saw it. Maybe I, didn't, I, maybe I didn't take it serious. Maybe I didn't. Because I think that's why you kind of hurry up and got married, proposed to me. Like, you were like, okay. No, I mean I'm ready to take that. No. I'm ready to take that next lies. step. Lies, lies, boy. The devil be coming in there, boy. No, I was gonna propose to you <laughs> okay. whenever I was okay. real talk. I was gonna propose to you whenever we were graduating at Fort Valley. I wanted to be on stage and do it. I, I knew I had I had the um outlets to be able to do it. I, I could have done it, but Grandma was gonna buy the ring, uh, for you and the ring she wanted to buy. It just didn't really suit my uh my preference, uh, to say the least. And I was like, yeah, I also want to, you know, get the ring myself. So, no, nah, I, I didn't do it at that time. But, nah, man, all right. Okay. We can keep going. We can keep going. I, we keep on digressing. I don't I don't want to digress throughout the podcast because we have a couple other topics we need to talk about. But, yeah, let's let's wrap this subject up. Setting. Yeah, but I think but I think the takeaway is that, you know, before you start a relationship, relationship not just a, a, a girlfriend-boyfriend relationship, but any relationship, even with, you know, just – associates or friends or whatever it's about setting the right foundation you you have to take that time to communicate because I think a lot of relationships don't work out because you know people get hurt or um 
abused or whatever emotionally um this detached in relationships because a lot of times we don't communicate to people how they should treat us what we expect well and we well i I say we uh, let me take that back i still don't communicate that as well as i should um I can't speak for you and say you don't either, but I know I don't. Uh, that's something we definitely have to work on. But yes, uh, if you're able to set that or, or start that at least initially while you're setting the foundation of your relationship, that'd be great because it opens up the door for you to be, you know, wholeheartedly be honest. You know what I'm saying? Be vulnerable yeah. and let let the other person know what you need, what you feel, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that, because that's crucial. That is crucial. That's something. That's right. Something. And, and then, and then if the relationship doesn't work out and that person's like, okay, why, why you want to talk to me? Then you can be, then you can say, Hey, because when we, before we even got this thing going and started, this is what I communicated to you. Right. Right. And, you know, and I had kind of experienced that. I had a friend um, that I had just met, um and uh a, a year ago a year or so ago and when i first got started to get to know this person i told them okay i've been hurt by people in the past because of a b c d i don't like it when friends compare i don't like it when friends talk about one another i don't like that i don't want to go into relate i don't want to go relationship with another um female or male and we're comparing, we're comparing our relationships. We're comparing our finances. I don't want to do that. You know, um, my life is my life. Your life is your life. We're supposed to be in each other's lives to enhance it. I don't want that. So this individual agreed with me wholeheartedly. And okay, well, let's start this relationship. But then once we were in that relationship, those things that I said that I didn't like started to come out. So eventually that relationship dissipated and at the end of that relationship, I had to talk with that person. I said, well, this is why, this is why I'm where I'm at now with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't argue with that because this is what I said. I didn't want it. And you agreed. And that's not what happened during this time. You know, if we're going to move forward, all that I, all the, all the standards and all the, you know, boundaries I set, they need to be there. If it's not going to be there, then, this is this is not going to work. Yeah, and that's that's a little bit different with uh, relationships with men, uh, like with my partners and stuff like that. Whether it was you know people I grew up with, uh, high school, college, you know, uh, post college, all of that. We don't really set those those parameters. Um, it's just it's all man code, man man laws. You know, whatever it is, it's just you just don't do this as a man. You don't do certain things, and mm-hmm. when when they do and, and that's just us not necessarily um you know being 100 percent emotional with our, our friends and things of that nature but we just don't do that you know we um we we try to keep but, it. Mo- but i guess mostly i guess mostly your friends y'all been cool since high school so y'all kind of grew up really knowing each other so a lot of your friends they know okay don't talk about don't mess with cody's family you know don't say nothing about cody's family because it, it that's just that's just off limits they know that because they grew up with you they know your personality oh you know if cody comes in here dressed all crazy we if we say anything about cody we already know how cody's gonna gonna, react. No, gonna wear whatever cody that, wanna wear that's a lot that's a lot because them cats get on me about 
the majority of the stuff that I wear because I was a, a well, I am a fashion forward individual. You know what I'm saying? So, but then, but 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 at the same time, you know them, right? Right. So they're not going to say anything. They're gonna, of course, they're gonna pick at you, but they're not going to say anything that's really gonna get under your skin. They know where their limits right, are. Right. Right. But you at know, the same still, at, because they, at the same time, though, um, you know, I, I, I've I've gathered uh, a few. Uh, well, several new friends um, through the community outreach that I that I do, um, and so those guys don't necessarily know me um, as the genuine. Well, some of them know me now as the genuine version of myself, but they only know the person that comes out there and you know volunteering time and doing whatever, trying to help in the community and things of that nature. So them, uh, the way they come at me is totally different, um, and I don't know what they say behind my back. Or I don't I don't know anything about that, but we've never had any issues um, like how you might've had issues with uh, certain people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think men are totally different. We, like I said, we live by a different code. We live by the man code. You know what I'm saying? Like we, it's only certain things that you can do that'll be validated. You know what I'm saying? Otherwise it's, it's invalid. You know what I'm saying? You can't just come at somebody sideways like that. And so we live a little bit different. Right. But I think, I think more so, I I think more so if you've actually been hurt or you've been, you know, done a certain way, because I know that you have a personal issue to where, you know, if you just be a man of your word, you know, and you express that to your friends, but maybe not necessarily like, hey, let me sit down and talk to you. These are my standards. You know, those things happen kind of organically, but you, but your friends know that you are a man of your word. And if someone tells you that they're going to do something that you expect for them to do it, and if they don't, you know, don't don't be surprised if, you know, I kind of keep my distance for a little bit. But that's man law, though. That's that's what you should do as a man. You know what I'm saying? We we discuss this all the time on um on the podcast with uh me and uh me and Franz them man the, the MVP uh, podcast that we have. We discuss that all the time. It's it's certain man laws, it's certain things, it's certain codes that you live by as a man. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's certain things that we can do, and it's certain things that you shouldn't do. And as a man, right. it is what it is. And I think it's I think it's kind of skewed when it comes to women. Like y'all really don't have those uh set principles. Um I think it's like I said, I think it's I think it's hundred percent different. I guess you're right. I mean I, I and I do see that men kind of support each other. Well a lot I've seen a lot of examples of that support each other more than females do, and I don't know why. Well, you've seen you've seen I've I've been blessed enough to have um uh, a a good group of solid friends like I you know I've had my friends who you know weren't really for well, I've had people that were in my circle that I thought were friends that you know weren't really friends and you've seen that as well you've actually pointed that out uh quite a few times and you know it's easier to uh, sever the ties um for me I think that, well it's probably easy for you too um it's just me looking at your situations versus mine like I I look at your situation and be like uh that would have never happened you know uh not with me because you know, I might have cut it off at uh, stage B, you know, and you let it go to stage D. You know what I'm saying? Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't even got to C or D. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the way I feel about a lot of situations. But at the same time, I'm not a I'm not a woman, so I don't know exactly um, how you would feel uh, with those situations. So I guess I might be speaking out of pocket. I'm just saying that it just it wouldn't ride with us, and you know that. Right. But at the same time, I think we can move on to the next topic. Um, 
this is a topic that I actually wanted to talk about is uh, politics and relationships. Politics and relationships, I feel, I'm starting off first. Uh, sorry, I didn't give you the chance to go first. But I feel kind of passionate about this. Um, that That's crucial. And when I say politics and relationships, I'm not necessarily saying just in a marriage. I'm saying like with friends, with cousins, you know what I'm saying? Like any type of relationship you might have with somebody, when you include politics into that, it kind of, it, it can mess up everything. And that's just because politics is nasty, man. It's, if, if people associate themselves with one side versus the other, I personally have different uh, questions that I need to ask them. You know what I'm saying? Whether you're on the right or the left, I don't care. I, independent at, at all. I, I, I have questions for all sides. And um, I really, personally, I don't put myself um, as either right, left, independent, or anything like that. I, I, I'm an independent thinker. But at the same time, I don't think one particular political party represents my entire thought process because I, I I think a little bit different than what it seems like uh regular people. And I say what it seems like is that's what I see on um on the news and things of that nature. So it just doesn't seem like anybody coincides with my thoughts. So my thoughts might bounce around. And so I like I said yeah. I can't I but can't like, really... I mean me me and you we've talked about this before and I was telling you that you know you have to understand that who you are a unique individual and all other individuals are unique too. And just because you think a certain way, you cannot expect for other people to think like you. God made you who you are and he made them who they are. And you can't, and I think sometimes it's hard for you to understand that. Why can't people think outside the box? Why can't people think this way? You haven't had it. You've had a chance to experience life in all on all different levels you know you you've seen where it's like to live in the in the in the lower middle class you know where you know your you your parents are in an apartment building and and you stayed in some kind of sketchy environment to where the you guys progress as a family you've been able to be in different schools and be around different people so you can't you can't think that your experience your experience made you who you are you can't think that other people have been through the same process as you you know some people all they known is Katie High School or you know Houston or Atlanta you know or just the one little bitty city that they've been in you know all they known is that right so you can't expect for their political views to be similar to you and it does it, it does rub me the wrong way when people are so far to the left or so far to the right because it's like how can you think like that but at the same time I understand I you know even in my job you know I'm a scientist I can't just think one way I have to know that there's there's millions of options there's millions of things well maybe not millions but um, there's a, a lot of different options and there are a lot of different um, things and ways of interpreting and looking at something it's not just one way it's not just one thing but a lot of people can't think past what they've been taught I, I can agree with a lot of people not being able to look past what they've been what they've been taught 
Um, but as you stated uh, before, um, I've been able to experience various levels of, you know, just living. You know, we, you know, with uh, my, my family, we had a point in our life where we were, you know, not not living in the best of areas. Uh, we had a point where we were living in decent areas and we had a point to where we were living in um, nice areas. And that, at, at that point I was in school or in co- at college. So I didn't really experience it as much as I would have, you know, liked to, but yeah, I, I do have different perspectives, but I, I don't know if I necessarily attributed to that. Um, I attributed to when I hear something and I'm open to something, well, I'm always open to new information, but when I hear something and I, I, I realize it's not an ideal situation or it's not, it's not fair or anything like that, I pay more attention to it. And we've had that conversation. Yes, but the, but the reason why, but you understand the reason why you think like that is, is due to your experience. You, you, of course, you don't think that way, but everything that who you are now is is due to your personal experiences. It's just your mind has gathered all that information, all of that data, and now you are who you are because of that. That can't be true. Even though you may not refer to that, Mm-mm. but that's why you think that like can't that. be true. That that cannot be true. And if, if that was true, then you wouldn't be able to um, look at things on the, on that same level because you hadn't experienced those different levels of progression, and you're still able to look at it from the same lens that I'm seeing. What do you mean I haven't been able to experience that level of progression? No, I'm saying like, okay, I said I had a lot, uh, a diverse way of uh, growing up. So I've, I've lived, um, you know, in a, in a rough area, then in a decent area, and then in uh, probably like one of the best areas. And this is growing up. This isn't once I'm already grown and on my own. You didn't have that. But my, I may not have, my experience may not have been, right around the same time of your experience, but I've had similar experience throughout my life of who I am now. You know what I'm saying? When I was 20 years old, I may not have thought like that, or maybe I kind of was like that, but, you know, even before I was 20 years old, i still gone to a lot of places. I've seen a, a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? I, I've seen things other than just one, being in one town, being around that kind of, those different mind, that kind of mind frame. As a small town, a lot of small town people have, you know, I, by the time I was 20 years old, I had been, I was, I had stayed in Atlanta, Georgia. I had stayed in Wichita, Kansas. You know, I have gone to summer camps where I was, you know, visit Washington, D.C., visit, you know, um, Las Vegas and Arizona. I had been somewhere, almost a lot of places before I even came to college. Yeah, but I'm just saying, whenever I met you at 18. You were 18. You already had a, a certain perspective. Uh, you had a certain vibe that, you know, you you looked at things a little bit different. And I don't believe that was due to your upbringing, Jasmine. I really don't. I can't attribute that to any any part that you say you might have been through. Like, I, well, some of it, but I'm saying like your whole. Well, I'm not saying 100 percent. I'm not saying the 100 percent of what you think is part is because of your upbringing. A lot of it is because of your experience, not necessarily your upbringing, but your personal experiences, what you've seen, what you've experienced, what you've learned from that. Some people experience things and don't learn anything from them and keep on going. So they never grow. You know, it's what you've learned from your experience you take with you. Okay. Right. You, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. 
Yeah. Yeah. But um to move on past politics. I, 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 yeah. I don't like what? talking about politics. It uh, kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, even, you know, uh, I remember you told me about somebody, somebody that you're really close with. You said they don't even um, speak with uh, their family because of politics. Uh, they disagree. Am I right? Right. And that's um, that's that's something that, you know, it's it's real touchy. Uh, I, I don't I don't like how how deep it gets, but it is what it is. People feel, yeah. and I do I, I do have something that I want to um, talk about. Um, something that came to my mind during this week. Um, it's similar to Paul. I mean, it's similar to top of the politics. It's not too off topic, but it's about you know right now um, there's a lot of racial stuff going on and it's being brought to the light, and a lot of people you know think that social media is exaggerating a lot of things that are going on but it's like no um you know people of color have been experiencing a lot of racial inequality a lot of racial judgments due to the fact of who we are the color of our skin um i've experienced it going to stores you know where (laughs) i'm not the only person in the store but they're watching me you know being uncomfortable being in uncomfortable situations even being have experience of being pulled over by a cop and treated very, very horribly. And I couldn't contribute that to anything but the color of my skin because, as you know, I talk I talk very soft, kind, and I'm a very educated person. So, you know, I wasn't acting up or anything. I was very polite and respectful to this, to this police officer, and I was still was treated like I was just a scum of the earth and it was a horrible experience a horrible feeling i'm not saying that all police officers are like that of course not you're talking about um, you're talking about when we was in school and you was driving my car yes yes i don't i don't want to go into details about that now but i'm just saying that i have experienced those things and i want people to understand that those things happen and they're not exaggerated and the things that are going on now are not exaggerations it's not a fit a a, a a figment of someone's imagination it's real life for a lot of people you know just because you don't experience those things or haven't experienced those things please do not dismiss someone else's experiences man i was talking to brett uh the other day and we were discussing um situations just like that i, I told him about a situation that i had um experienced here in the neighborhood i told him about that and he was you know he was he was livid about it he he didn't like it and he was telling me you know what was wrong with it and stuff like that i was like yeah you feel the same way i was or i do about it and so we we got to talking man it was um we had a great conversation man um brett brett is one of the uh, one of the guys i grew up with uh whenever i stayed out in chattanooga um he's a he's a white guy uh blue eyes uh, slick hair. <laughs> um, he's he's married now, has a, a beautiful wife and a beautiful daughter as well. But we have these conversations periodically about um, what's going on in our country and what can we do um, to change things. And you know, my only advice to him was, you know, just to to stand up, you know, for for what you feel is right. You know, stand against all the, all the bullshit. And you know, he's been doing that, man. He's he's extremely vocal. 
Yeah, I, lo- I love his Facebook. Page. Yeah, yeah. I, I can. I wish I could share them. Yeah, yeah, man. That's, that's. I have to kind of say a little bit political correct, I guess. Politically correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's my guy, man. I yeah, that's that's my boy, man. That's my boy. But uh, we, we'll probably have. Him, but, but we do. We'll probably have he and his wife on the podcast um, sooner sooner or later. Uh, hopefully sooner than later, uh, because he has some some great views um, that I think. Are re- would be really beneficial to our uh, to our listeners, um, and I, I feel re- with Rebecca, you know, teaching in a, at a at a school to where she witnesses, you know, black and brown and underprivileged uh, youth uh, being treated a certain way. Um, I think it'd be great to have that conversation, and we will do that in the future. But um yeah that'd be pretty that'd be pretty cool. Right on, right on. That'd be pretty cool. And before and before we wrap this up, I do have um another point that I wanna make. Um just like like how we say, like with politics, you kinda have to not think so far right or so far left. You kinda have to have an open view. And I know a lot of people of color do not want to to even think think this way or even may may dismiss what I have to say altogether, but at the same time we have to understand when we are being faced with those racial inequalities, those racial judgments because of the color of our skin, we have to understand too that there's a psychological uh, mentality involved in in this situation. And it's not that easy to remove that from people. Just like, for an example, um, for a job interview, what do you, if you were conducting a job interview, Cody, what do you expect that person to come in to look and dress like? I expect them to be um, professional. I'd expect them to be in a business professional. No, no business casual, no, no casual or anything. Um, the woman should have on, uh, I don't know, an, I wouldn't say a dress, but just business professional, whatever business professional is for, um, for a woman and for a man. Uh, Google it, and that's what it should be. So then if someone came in, if you were if you were hiring and someone came in and they were dressed in sweats and t- T-shirt and tennis shoes, would you, but they had a great interview, would you hire them? I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't even ask. Um, it depends on the position as well. Uh, if it was like a job. The position, your, your company, it's a, it's a corporate environment, very um, not business casual, like business, business, you know. Um, okay, because typically the rule of thumb is to dress like how your counter- counterparts dress. So you need to dress like how people are dressing uh, that come in to work there every day. Um, so if you're coming in there with sweats and things like that, and you see everybody else has like a suit and tie, uh, you know, um, a dress and a dress shirt, stuff like that, a skirt and a dress shirt, things like that, then um, you're out of line if you come with like sweats on. You are, definitely, 100%. But, 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 but and, and to drive my point, who set? Who makes that standard? Who makes the standard? Uh, yes. I think it's I think it's a central uh, centralized standard that you have to wear uh, either a suit and tie or I think the women pretty much wear uh, what a, a skirt and a, a nice shirt. Um, I think it's I think that's just quote unquote business professional. And that's something that we have been taught, right? Correct. You see how easy it is to take something that you've been taught and judge somebody squarely based on what you think is right, based on what you're taught? Mm-hmm. Who says that if you come in an interview and you have one sweats, a t-shirt, and some 
and some jeans. You could be the smartest person in the world. You could have the best interview, but someone's going to dismiss you for the job instead of saying, well, hey, you may want to dress this way. Someone's going to dismiss you and choose someone else that came in actually in appropriate attire based solely based off of what you look like. Ah, uh, I, I, I agree and disagree because at, at, at the point of an interview, um, you know that you have to, you only have one chance to make the first impression, right? So you want to come in and make a great impression. So you don't necessarily want to just jump in there wearing. Uh, my, my whole point, my whole point is, uh, is, is this. Yes. Common sense, common sense wise. Yes. If you want to get that job, you dress the way that's appropriate for, and everyone should know that you, even if you're going to work in a, um, if you're working as a, um, a, a, what's the best way to say um, someone that collects um, trash? I don't know. I'm not, uh, I can't think a, of the word. A sanitary, sanitary, and, um, a sanitation, sanitation worker. Worker, yes. yes. Even though, and you're going to be in coveralls or whatever, you still come to a job interview with appropriate business casual or business attire get that but no but at the same up. time it's it's vocalized to you like it's it's told what you should wear um but you're driving my point my point is that you're being you've been told that this is our standard for this company you're you're conducting the interview this is what we want to see people look like or dress like you know to be part of our company you know that's been dry that's been driven in your head right you can meet somebody and they could be not dressed that way and and not all people would do this but probably 80% or more people, professionals that are doing the interview will look at them and may dismiss them they could have a great, oh my god, they have a great interview, they have a great personality but they didn't come in dressed right Mm -hmm. you see how easy it is to judge somebody just based off what they look like and not take their character into consideration all because of what you What's been drilled in your head? Yeah, I, I I see I see what you're saying, but at the but if you're gonna but if you're gonna if you're gonna look at a, why people act, why people may think a certain way, why am I getting racially profiled? You also have to understand the other side of things. People have been drilled certain things in their head about what something should be, and it's not that easy to come out of that. Because just like you're arguing with me, you're sitting here proving. Your, trying to prove your point about the the dress attire to me because it's been engraved in your head and your soul and even your own personality, you like to be dressed, dressed appropriate. It's been engraved in your head so much that you're not even willing to look outside of a material thing as clothing. It doesn't matter what somebody wears. That doesn't make them who they are. But you're so it's been so engraved in your head that you can't even think out that and you're willing to sit here and continue to argue with me. Well, that's the way the standard, well, that's the way it's supposed to be. Well, everyone should know and it's like, well, if someone came in and had a great interview, why aren't we judging them off of who they are instead of what they look like? Okay. Uh, I, I definitely understand what you're saying, but I, I will combat it at this. Um, the questions you were asking me, that was all based on the premise of it being a company um, that put... they are. No, but I was, I was, just, try, I was just trying to demonstrate uh, how a mentality that's been drilled into you and I had to put it on a very simple basis, a job right. interview. A mentality that's been drilled right. into you I, over time. I get that. It's hard to overlook. I get that. I get because that. Because of... I get okay. that. But what I'm saying is um, what we're facing is institutional racism. 
So there, this is um, not necessarily uh, a, a company, but this is a society uh, and the world, well, and the I'm, world. I'm saying, and I'm saying those people, but those people have been taught to think that way. Yeah, and these are people that actually run things in the world. Yes. So there's no way but to you have to understand that. the baseline the baseline of that is that those people have been taught. And there's no way to that. change those people that have been taught and those people that are I didn't, I didn't say that there was a way. I'm, I'm not saying there was a way to change it. I'm not saying I'm not coming up with a solution to change that. I'm just saying that if you want to think about it, you have to think about it on both sides. I think about yes, it. It's wrong for people to think that it's wrong for people to think that way, but people actually mentally has been drilled that way and it's not that easy and as and as an example a simple example it's not that easy to go to 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 skew away from something that's been drilled in you and you think it's a standard i get that it's not that I easy i get that but when you're the organization or the, the um it doesn't, if it doesn't you're, matter if you're the, you are, if it, you're the one setting the standard i think it's a little bit different because society looks at people as people they look they look at color they look at race they're the ones that uh segregated us into race color and culture um the government has and so that's what they have done and so when they're looking at things certain ways yeah they've been taught certain ways pass down this pass down that i agree but there's nothing there's nothing going to be able to change about that that's they own they 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 run everything they run every single thing so there's and, and I and I have and we've had this conversation before. Even if it was the other way around, it would still go on. But we hadn't seen that though, so we can't even really speak on that. We can we can uh we can make it a hypothetical. People, because because guess what you 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 are putting you're acting like colored people are not people. There are different. There are I'm different not acting like that. The president's people, acting like people. That. No, people in general are people are humans, right? So if it doesn't matter if Caucasians are the one that that owns most of certain things and they're acting that way, if we own most of certain things, we will act. See, it's human nature. I can't it's even, not. I can't it's agree not white, with that. It's I, not I, white I, or black. I disagree. No, it's not a white or black. Thing. I disagree. It's a human thing. And I disagree because even people. Because if if you go to India. There's millions of people in India, more millions of people than there is in the United States. If you go to India, everybody looks the same. And guess what? Everyone's from the same um, culture, basically. And everyone pretty much looks the same. Guess what? They have classism. It's, people are going to find a way. And that's why we have to get up outside of the United States and go other places like China. Where people it doesn't benefit us to go other places if we're not no, I'm living. Just saying, I'm just saying if we're not living that, in other places, you have to, If we're not living no, in other places, it doesn't listen dictate me, anything. Cody, listen, listen. You're 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 trying to argue. What I'm trying to say is that if you go to other places where where there's a majority majority of the same people that look alike, right? If you go to those places, you find division among those places. And my point is. That no matter what color, whether we all look the same or not, as humans, we're going to find a way to separate and divide one another. That's just human nature. That wasn't your initial point. That's what you got to after I had some um, some reservations against what you said prior. But now, I, now that you're at this point, I agree with that. I didn't agree with your point initially. I did not. Okay. Yeah, but 
you know, uh, agree to disagree. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I look at things a little bit different than you do. And um, but you said, but you say you look outside the box, and you don't necessarily look outside the box and look, look in all different ways. I try to because you're very, you're very passionate. You try, but you're very passionate, emotional about a certain way. I'm emotionally involved. I'm emotionally involved. Yes. yes. So you're gonna lean more towards that way than trying to lean towards a way of understanding. I, my understanding is that we have not been giving uh, uh have not been given a level platform. And I understand that. And so I'm trying to leverage that with our knowledge, um, the things that we have to uh, contribute to ourselves and just to bring that into certain communities and build those communities up. That's what I'm worried about. I mean, that's what I'm focused on. I'm worried about it and I'm focused yeah. on it at the same time. And that's the and, and to be honest, that's the only thing that you can't change other people. I'm not trying to. You know, I'm not trying to. No, I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying people in general, not you. You always act like I'm talking directly to you. I'm just talking about people in general. Because we're talking to an audience. Right. You know, you can't change people. You only can change yourself. Right. So at the end of the day, and we can't allow, and sometimes that's what I hate um, that you do. You allow, you have a bad experience when you go out in the field or you have a bad experience. I have a at bad work. experience damn near every week, Jasmine. And I, every oh, week, oh, I've been doing you, this. I've been, allow, I've been doing the same you thing. Allow, I've been doing the same you thing. Allow those Jasmine, things. I've been doing the same thing since 2009. And I typically have a bad experience. It might not be every week, several times a month. So it might be twice in a month or something like that. Ever since 2009. And I I, I get that. But my point, Cody, I get that. I'm not arguing with how many experiences that you have. I'm just saying, I just hate that you allow those moments, those the, the things that people may say to you, you allow them to really destroy your day. It destroys my day for sure. And you know why it destroys my day for the most part these days? Is because I don't want my son to have to hear or deal with the same bullshit that I deal with, and he will have but, to. But so what them, I know, but allowing people, allowing negative people, whether it has to do with your race or just negativity, period, allowing negative people to say things to you and allowing them to take your power for you to sit there and be upset and angry and 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 just you know distance and mad. You allow them to take some of your power away. That's what they want. They want to make you mad. Right. If someone calls you a nigga, nigga, they are trying Not nigga. To, if they, they call me a nigga, if they call me a nigga, or, we, we friends. A nigger. If they call me a nigger. And that's a whole other subject that I don't even want to get into. because and we'll get into it later. That. We'll get into but, it later. Yes. Yeah, that should be the next they never. Uh, nobody, that, nobody has ever said is, nigga. That is ignorance. That is us calling each other nigga is ignorance to the upstream level, but we can get, we can talk about that on the next well, um, podcast. Well, um, whatever whatever you say, they have never called me. They've never said anything um, to me and said nigga. It's never been that. It's been the prehistoric or nigger, nigger. whatever. There's not. Whatever. It's not whatever. So it's not those... whatever. It's not whatever. They've come to okay. me and they've said certain things, and that's the nigger. That's meaning disrespect. They're not singing a song. You, they don't hear. But, they don't hear certain songs and are repeating nigga. They're, that's not what they're doing. The people that come to me and that are disrespectful, they're saying it purposely. They're saying nigger purposely because they know that historically was something to disrespect me. Right, and if you when you get mad about that, you allowing that power to continue on. You know what you are, Jazz. right? Yes. You you know who you are. 
stop allowing what other people say and do to you um, affect you to the extreme level. Right. Man, let it be motivation. I understand that. It can you know, be. More, it can... And, you, and, you do, and you do put it towards motivation later, but let it be motivation right that's away. True. Don't, let, too, don't even easier, take the time. That's easier said than done. Initially, while I, why I'm pissed off now these days is because my son might hear this and I don't know how he's going to react. And my initial uh, anger He's gonna my, be, he's gonna react how to he me. sees you. Yes. Listen to me. My initial anger is because I don't know exactly what to tell him to combat that. I don't know what to tell him to to to, to soften that blow. I don't know what to tell him to where he can get beyond that. I don't know what to tell him. There's nothing I can actually tell him. I do. There's nothing. Well, I do. I do. No, you don't. You're not a black man. You can't, you don't, you don't understand that part of it. Well, that's why that's, but that's why you need to find, instead of dwelling on that, you need to find, well, how can I handle this? And then when you, when you you find, when you find that, then that's when you'll be able to pass it down. But until you able to not let someone hold you hostage, right? In your mind, until you learn that, you're not going to be able to teach pass anything down to him right that's my because frustration all he's, know, all he's gonna know is when someone call me that i'm gonna be angry i'm gonna be mad i'm just gonna be i'm just gonna be pissed off that's my frustration jasmine i don't know what to tell him without just selling him a dream i want to tell him something that i'm actually practicing myself i don't want to say hey whenever they say this uh it bounces off of you you know all the rubber and glue and all that bullshit i'm not telling him that i want to tell him something that i practice myself i'm not at that level yet when they do that it hurts me because I don't know how to actually relay that message to him. I don't. And he's four. Well, that's but that's why I told you that you need to heavily rely on God. When those things happen to you, you go, you pray, you read the Bible, you find, you ask for answers, you ask for wisdom. Um, you know, you you seek that wisdom, even if it takes you reading some books about um, you know, Martin Luther King or um. The, the civil rights activists and see how they dealt with those things I've read, and, those. And learn I've, read from I've read a couple of those and, and, and learn and practice from that nothing's going to happen if you don't practice that if the first thing you do is go to anger girl, and you let it linger of course I mean you're human you're going to be angry you're going to be emotional but letting that stuff linger is not going to help you have to put into practice those things you do know that that's where that's where Martin Luther King was before he died right that's the place he was he was angry he was frustrated and he, he he was switching up his whole uh, delivery uh, when he got killed. You you do know that, right? Yes, he had a moment. He had a moment of what? No, I'm saying he he switched it all up because he felt like it was leading his people into something that wasn't it, it wasn't any progression. It was just a different type of quote unquote slavery. But you have to but you have to understand this too, though. The dynamic of Dr. Martin Luther King. God placed him here on earth for a purpose and he was in God's purpose, right? He was doing what God wanted him to do and he was saying, and he was delivering this, um, you know, um, no fighting back, you know. Turn up um, the sheep. Yeah, spirit. Right. yeah. Right, yes. Right? So, oh, of course, he sees a lot of things. He's going through a lot of things. He's human, right? We also understand that people are human, even if they're doing God's purpose. He had a human moment. Where he got angry, he let his anger get to be- best of what? him. Right? Where, where was he, his Where was his anger moment? What do you What, what moment are you talking I, about? You, I'm saying, you know, you said towards the end where his you know, last before he died is what I'm talking about. 
Yeah. And that wasn't but that wasn't he... anger. You think that was anger? That was him being real. That had nothing to do with anger. That was realization. Yes, he is. You gotta think about it. Someone who's been through a lot that that Dr. Martin Luther King been through, it's anger. Jasmine, I don't feel like he was speaking out of anger and would have said something different the next morning. Or frustration. Frustration. I don't think he was saying that and feeling that way um, just out of anger and frustration. I think that's what it had come down to. Okay, I'm gonna agree to disagree. Yeah, we can definitely agree to disagree, because I felt like he was finally coming into who he was going to end up being, and then he gets he gets killed because the his final solution was us. That's because that's because you don't one hundred percent agree with the nonviolent nonviolent situation, Jazz. and and then he started talking he started talking a way that you prefer because of what you're no, going to do right it now. Had nothing that's to, what you lean Jasmine, more towards, Jasmine. So you think that. I feel that he was saying we need to fight back or something like doing anything off of anger. No, what I'm talking about, what I'm referencing with Dr. Uh, King, what he was saying was us boycotting certain things, like make sure our money is going certain places that appreciate our dollar value. That was something that went against the people that he was trying to hug and forgive. That's my whole thing. So when it comes down to dollars and cents, that's when it got real. And that's when he got killed. No, that, I mean, that's not... he. Okay, when he first started his... his, his um, not talking about the ministry. first. Ministry. not talking about the first. No, I'm just saying, Cody, I'm not... Just let me talk. Uh, when he first started his ministry and he started into the civil rights, you know, he was talking about nonviolent, nonviolent because of the things that were going on during that time. Right. Right? right. So then, you know, th- throughout his experience, he understood, okay, um, boycott is still nonviolent, right? It's still a nonviolent way of protesting. He always protested. He was the fr- front runner of protesting, right? So he knew that, okay, um, how can, okay, I'm coming to drastic measures. I need, I want change for my people. How can we get change for my people? Okay, they think that we are worthless. We are nothing. You know, that they don't need us. Let us show them. And it's a, and it's a good tactic that he came up with. Let us show them how much we are worth, how much we are needed. And bam, bam, bam. Right after he said yes, that. If we, but, but, okay, he got killed. Right after I'm he, just said saying, that. But he said that. But he's saying if we boycott, you know, they, they, they know that, you know, we, we are something, you know, we do contribute to something, how, you know, how can we get them to see that? How many, in order to create, how change? many, dip- it was, a, it was, a, it was just another, it was just another tactic that he was using as a form of, he boycotted his, that boycotting situation wasn't something that he just came up with about boycotting. Um, um, he was, he was always boycotting. That was the main that was the reason why he was in j- put in jail. Right, but the reason I mean, that wasn't a new okay, that was I'm a new cut revelation. You off. I I'm not even going to apologize for cutting you off. He did all of that boycotting and was still alive when he boycotted something that really meant something to the people that were in control. That's when he got killed. So, what's your point? My whole point is, whenever I don't, I don't, I don't want to yell anymore. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm. A little bit too amped up right now. Um, 
It's a touchy subject. It's extremely touchy because we argue about this all the time. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. We kind of got off topic yeah, we, here. We got, it we is got something couple, that we talk about and discuss all have, the time. We have a couple of other topics that we need to touch on. Uh, all right. Well, we can we can leave the jealousy among couples to the next one, but I do want to talk about Bill Cosby. No, I ain't talking about. I'd rather do the jealousy among couples. I don't. I don't. I don't even want to get to the Bill Cosby. No, I want to talk about Bill Cosby. <sighs> Which, all right, go ahead. Okay, for you know, in general, we have to understand that there's different worlds out there, different than what we live in, right? Just because you grew up and you know somebody, you looked up to somebody, you um, you know, you respected somebody, doesn't mean that that person doesn't carry demons. Doesn't mean that that person's not living a secret life and is a monster. Um, I don't know Bill Cosby. None of us know Bill Cosby, but the people that actually his family and even with your family you still may not know the person that you're um living with that you're eating beside and i mean i know that's a hard concept for people to um take in but yes even if it's your family member you don't know what that person does in their spare time um outside of what you know and from my own personal experience um i was abused um by my own father my own biological father. And when I was growing up, I was a nerd. I was a little quiet little girl. I was a nerd. Um, I kind of stayed to myself. You know, I wore, my grandma made my clothes, so I wore, like, skirts to my ankles. You know, I used to get talked about with my turtlenecks, you know. So I, I didn't dress inappropriate or anything like that. My grandma, my grandparents raised me. And when my grandma died, my grandpa was, you know, very emotional and he just felt like he couldn't raise a girl. And my dad came into my life and said, hey, I'll take her. And he was, and my grandpa, my grandpa said, hey, well, this is your responsibility. You should. And I, and I understand um, where he was going with that. And, but he didn't know that my dad had the issue that he had, but everybody knew my dad as um, a rolling stone. You know, my dad has several kids throughout um, where where I grew up, um, and people knew that he probably had kids wherever he was when he was in uh, when he was in Atlanta. You know, who knew how many kids he had? But everyone knew that my dad was promiscuous. I mean, I know that's not necessarily always referred to when when it comes to men, but my dad was you know um, he was heavily about the women, right? So when I experienced what I experienced. It was very traumatic, um, very hurtful because the world that I grew up in, that was something that never happened. I never was abused. I never, um, I always had anything that I wanted and needed. You know, I never had to ask for anything. You know, my grandparents were just always there for me, caring for me. You know, they did, I was a good kid, so they did whatever, you know, I, they did whatever I wanted, you know, um, and provided for whatever I wanted and needed. You know, there was no questions asked. I was a, I was a, I was a good child. You know, I, I was, I was even a, a very obedient child. You know, I was more, um, you know, so when that happened to me, you know, I thought going to my family, you know, would be, 
I would get some support. And even going back home, you know, to a small town, I was raised in a small town in southeast Missouri, you know, about 5,000 people. And I thought that I would get support from the friends that I grew up with. But, you know, to my surprise, I was judged. You know, people rather believe that, oh, she must have went to Atlanta and, you know, Atlanta must have changed her. You know, she must have um, been, you know, talking to guys and stuff. There's no way that, you know, he would um, do that to her. And I think, you know, at that time, I didn't understand people's reasonings and, and thinking behind certain things because they, they just didn't think. You know, my dad was a pretty likable person. He had a very likable personality. He was, he had, you know, he had a very great personality. You know, that's why so many women were attracted to him. And it was just hard for his sisters and brother, brother, to um, see him in that way. I mean, it, and I can understand that because that was my own dad. It was hard for me to even think that my own dad is not like that. I was just hoping that I would just wake up and they'd be all a nightmare, but it wasn't. It was reality for me. But you know, going through that and not being promiscuous, um, being kind of quiet and sheltered, an extreme introvert, and for people to blame me for what my dad did to me because all because they just didn't want to believe it. You know, they didn't understand it. They did, you, it's hard to understand that somebody would do that to their own child. So, so it must be something that that child did. That's people's reasoning and thinking. And I just want people to understand, I don't know what happened with Bill Cosby, but I do know whatever is done in the dark will eventually come to light. I believe that full heartedly. And if he did abuse those women, he's getting whatever he deserves and we should just leave it at that and if he didn't you know I'm, I'm i'm it's a sad situation but at the same time we don't know what happened and we say well why these women didn't say this and when they you know at this time why they wait this long it is hard to talk about something like that happening to you it is extremely hard because you get faced i read an article where they said it was a victory because people it is not common for a woman or a male that's been through a sexual assault or an abusive situation to win. The defendant always wins the majority of the time. Um, a lot of people get dismissed, emotions get neglected, and we have to understand that it could be your dad, it could be your uncle, it could be your preacher, it could be the cashier that you know for 10 years at HEB. You, we don't know what people do, the demons that people carry, and you cannot think just because you saw somebody on TV and that you looked up to them and that they, um, they're, uh, they're, especially in the black community, we looked up to Bill Cosby because, oh, he was the dad that that a lot of people didn't have and they known him as a TV dad just because he had all he had your he had your admiration doesn't mean that he didn't have demons that he didn't do the things that he was accused of doing so don't think that don't think there's no possible way there's conspiracies because he was about to buy stuff buy a whole network and there's conspiracies we don't know but at the end of the day please don't be so dismissive of these women and what they've gone through because I've experienced that same dismissal myself and I was a child. So I can only imagine being a grown woman. If I waited until now to tell my family what my dad did to me, then I can only imagine how they would 
what they would say to me, you know, and it, and it hurts. Probably the same so, thing. Probably the same thing that they've said to you whenever you did come out with it. It it probably wouldn't have right. been different. Right. Um, I didn't I didn't know you were gonna um, you know, come out with that. Um, yeah, I have certain feelings on that issue as well. Um, my feelings are that anybody that does anything wrong to a child or even takes advantage of um, any woman, I mean, you, you're the scum of the earth, man. You really are the scum of the earth. And whatever happens to you, you deserve it. And I mean that. Um, yeah, I, I just hate to hear uh, my wife talk about that situation because that's a situation that is something I couldn't do anything to. Um, I couldn't protect her from that situation. Um, she, she's gone through that. That's instilled in her. Like she, it's it's embedded in her. I'm sorry. Um, and so, you know, it, I, I can't do anything for her not to think about that. Um, I really didn't think you want to talk about that though. Um, yeah, I just want, I just know that there are a lot of you know the women in this situation have gotten very a lot of backlash, and you know Bill Cosby is very respected, and I just want people to understand that you know you you know just because you respect someone, just because you thought you knew someone, just because you wouldn't think someone like that had the capability of doing that, you don't know, you never know. Until you've seen it for your own self, and that's why I really don't speak on it because at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know. There are certain circumstances where you know the person that's been abused or assaulted has lied, you know. Um, but but from my own personal experience, I really hadn't talked really much about the Bill Cosby situation because at the end of the day, I don't know what happened. The only people that know is Bill Cosby and the women that are. Um, have accused him of um, sexual misconduct and at the end of the day you know that's not for us to put our personal opinions personal feelings into that because that's a very emotional um, situation and the only thing that we could do is support and pray that you know if he did it he gets punished for it if he didn't you know he doesn't get punished for it and we just have to hope that you know um, it's a sad situation that you know he's so you know, he's what in his eighties and he's, you know, serving prison time is a very sad situation. But if he did those things, he deserves it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um I think uh this might be a good time to go ahead and finish up the podcast and uh go to closing. Uh hope everybody has a a great week. Um, coming up. Yeah, same here, and and sorry for you know you guys hearing our little screaming match over. Well, that's the um that's that's um civil rights racial situation. Yeah, it's probably gonna continue after this, but um, <laughs> you know. But my name is Cody Lacey Junior, and it's a wrap. My little man said it's a wrap, man. So we'll holler at y'all later, man. And I'm Cody. And I'm Jasmine. See you guys next week. Above love, baby.